And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson, at Doc Manson, tell me, tell me you said yes. Tell me, tell me you said yes. Okay, uh, DC Matthews at the DC Matthews, a, a good old Durango can. I uh, I have good news and bad news. Uh, I'm going to start with the bad news. Um, I am teaching another course this fall. Of course you are. Of course you are. I'm a fucking idiot, aren't I? Uh, it depends. It depends. We had. Okay, so let's fill in. I'm assuming. Welcome to the show, by the way. Hope you are well. Hope those you love are doing well. Uh, I'm assuming most of you, if you're listening, you were paying attention in the Bestie chat. You have some idea of what's going on. If you're uh, not in the Bestie chat, send us an email podcast at ddtwrestling.com. And if you're on Twitter, we'll add you to the Bestie chat. Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Just get some Twitter. Uh, Doc mentioned yesterday that um, he had been offered an opportunity to teach a big-time class. A lot of people, a lot of heavy-duty subjects. Uh, And so we talked about it in the Bestie chat. We then, he and I, took it to to text message. And, you know, I got to know the story because I knew. As soon as we started having this conversation, I knew you were going to figure out some way of doing it. Because Doc Manson doesn't like free time. Doc Manson doesn't want the peaceful life. He wants to be working himself to the bone. I'm, uh, what's the good news? Uh, so the good news is... <clears throat> all right, so let's back up before we quite get to the good news. Um, so this morning, I, you know, I spent overnight thinking it over, slept on it. Um, and you know, I, I talked to Mrs. Manson about it and we, I talked to you about it, mm-hmm. um, outside of the bestie chat as well. And, you know, I, I, I really came down to the conclusion cause like there's a couple different ways, uh, that they could potentially compensate me for doing this work. One of which is you get hired, uh, what's called an adjunct position. And basically they pay you by the credit hour. It's not very much money. Um, but it can add up if you're doing a bunch of courses. It's how I do my teaching at the other institution where I work. I'm hired as an adjunct there. Um, that's one way. If I were to be hired that way, well, that would just be an addition to everything else that I'm currently doing. Now, the other way that they could do it potentially is by hiring me as a, a visiting professor. Um, those typically are one-year contracts, and they're time limited to the year, and then they're over and done with. And that would be a full-time position, which would also open the door to maybe being able to teach another course on top of this one. Um, so I'd have to do a little bit more for them. Um, but as a full-time position, you know, my question for them was, I'm really far more interested in that, right? I'm more interested in something that I can put on my resume that says, I am a full-time teacher at this, at this institution. I think that would look good moving forward. Um, But my concern, of course, is I have a full-time job already at this institution, and it's a secure job, and it pays me well enough. And I I don't think I can do that and my full-time job 
and my things and other things that I am committed to. Like, I just don't think I can do all of that. Mm. Um, so did, at what point in the conversation did it mention that you have a very successful podcast that also needs to keep happening uh, once a week? That, that, um, that was not mentioned. Okay. That, that was not mentioned. That was implied. I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, when we get deep into negotiations, that's when I break out the podcast. I like to keep that in the back pocket to really whip that up. Let them know they're, they're dealing with somebody in the big leagues, somebody with, with a big public presence. Yeah. You know, you know, really try to guilt shame them into doing what I want based off of my fame and popularity. All right. Um, so I wrote that off to the department head who was the person who wrote to me and said, hey, can you do this? Mm -hmm. uh, and she was the one who had initially given me these options. And I wrote back and said, look, I'm interested, but I just don't know how this would work. I, I, I think doing it as an adjunct is straight out. The compensation to me isn't worth it to me based on the size of this course and everything else that's going along with this. Um, the visiting professor thing I'm interested in but here are my concerns. You know, is it possible to do this while either maintaining or, you know, somehow contractually being guaranteed to return to my current role at the end of the contract? Um, I sent that off because I, I didn't know if that was even possible. But I said, whatever, falls in their court. Um, yeah. You'll we'll see you, what they say. You, well, what is it? You shoot for the moon in the hopes that you land among the stars. Yeah. So. And so she wrote back pretty quickly. I said, hi, can I come see you in your office? And I wow. said, okay, okay, yeah. I'm around. I'm on campus. Come on by. And 20 minutes later, I'm hosting uh, the department head. And let me tell you, I have worked at this institution for seven years. And in that time, the number of times that the department head has been in my office uh, are zero. What well, one now, I suppose. <laughs> um and anyways, we had a talk and she's well aware that, you know, I had applied to a position at this institution not that long ago. And in that search, uh, I, which was a national search, I was basically listed as number two. Yeah. And she said, you know, based off of that and the recency that that happened, I think it's very likely that if I appeal to the dean, we could probably offer you a full time APIR position, um, which is an assistant professor in residence, um, which is basically a full-time teaching position, non-tenure track. Now, I believe we've had a conversation, maybe even on these airwaves. The issue with that, I believe, was financial, was it not? Yeah. So typically, they want to bring somebody in right around $44,000 a year in those types of positions. Um, I said, listen, my minimum is this number. And frankly, I don't think I would take it for that number. But like, because I, I worked through my logic. Because one of the weird things about teaching at this level is it's a nine-month contract. And you can make, and that gets, your salary gets set to, whatever your salary is, is equal to nine months of pay. Sure. You can make additional money by teaching over the winter or over the summer, etc., but you can't make more than 12 twelfths of that salary. So whatever your salary is negotiated to be is nine twelfths. You can make 
an additional 312. So basically, you can make 25% more if you're willing to put in work over the summer yeah, or over the winter. but no more than that. But no more than that. And so I said, I need the number that if I work over the summer and I max out my potential, that I am at least matching what I make now. And preferably, I would like to have the ability to make a little bit more than I make now. And she said, let me go talk to the dean. And let me take your cell phone number. I'll call you back. And all day I've been waiting for a phone call, which never came. Of course. Just before uh, we were going to sit down for this podcast, I said, eh, I'll check my work email. Because I had sent out an email on a completely different subject on something else. And lo and behold, sitting in my inbox is a letter from the department head. and." There is an offer with an amount of money that I think I'm going to take. So would this be a one-year APIR position? All and then, APIRs are initially hired at one-year contracts, yes. Is there the option to return to your current job at the end of that year? If There that- is not. However, an APIR, while you are initially hired for a one-year contract, the way that works is the expectation is you're going to return unless something happens and they want to opt out of the contract. Um, you're pretty much guaranteed to return. These are meant to be long-term positions, despite the fact that you're contracted to a single year to begin with. Usually the way it works is you do one year, one year, one year, then three years. Yeah. Maybe do three years twice. And then from then forward, it's five-year contracts. I'm going to ask a bunch of questions because I'm sure the besties want to know. And really, I just want to know. And as your friend, that's what matters. Uh, are you allowed to work at the other university or are you going to have to? So I mentioned that, that because I'm already committed to that for this upcoming semester. Um, and she said she didn't think that would be a big deal. In this letter, I don't have a lot more information than, than that. But basically, it says to, to do that, you'll require a waiver um, from this office. Uh, but she doesn't think that would be an issue. And I don't think it would be an issue either. So, and there's certainly no time conflict with what they're asking me to do in terms of like overlap of lectures or something. So I can do the two things that they're asking me to do and do the thing at the other institution. This so semester. would this mean, I'm trying, would this mean less on campus time for you? Like if they're talking about you teaching two courses, well, I mean, eventually I will teach three courses. Right now, this semester, because of the short turnaround time and because they do need somebody basically filling the position I'm currently in, what they would do is they would have me teach the one class that really needs to be taught. And then in lieu of teaching an additional class, I will basically supervise my current role um, paired back to some degree but basically being there to guide them and transition them this semester with the expectation being that in the spring, I am completely done with my current role and full-time teaching probably two sections of this one class. Mm -hmm. So that's only one thing to prepare for those two sections and then probably a writing course of some sort, which I'll be free to develop as I see fit. Okay. Final question. I think. Yeah. I'm seeing a slight smile that's growing now as I'm getting to it. But are you 
happy? Are you waiting for the other shoe to drop? And expecting- I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I don't know. Because I- you do start this class that you've never taught before in a week and a half. Yeah. And me, <laughs> two days ago, I was just thinking, all right, well, it's just my normal job and I'm doing this thing or this other place that I've done before and I'm a little bit behind on prepping for the other place. But I got some time still and I'll just kick that into high gear this weekend and I'll be good to go. It's not a big deal. And now suddenly, I mean, it's really this, this all started with an email last night at 5 p.m. Here we are, 25 hours later, and yeah, my the entire course of my your professional life has very changed. Different starting in a week and a half. All right, three things. Yeah, number number one. I'm assuming I accept, but I, I think I will. I don't care. I honestly don't care whether or not you accept. You have tried for so long to go in this direction, and the fact that they are finally able to be like, oh. You're the perfect person for the job, and you've been just here all this time, and we've sort of taken you for granted, and now we're finally going to give you the praise you goddamn deserve. That is worth celebrating. If you say, no, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing, that's totally fine. You just, you, you want, you deserved the chance to do what you wanted to do. I think, I, and I honestly, I, I went to talk to my current supervisor about this, um, who is basically the department head of it's this difficult to, to the way things are set up. This place is weird. Um, but anyways, he, but he's not only my supervisor, but has been let her leave. Don't let her leave. Don't let her leave. We got to get her way. She's got a way in too. And it's been a good mentor to me. And he basically said, if they come back at this number, you would be stupid not to jump. Yeah. And I will tell you that the number that's sitting in my email is the number that he said. Good. So Mrs. Manson, what is she doing? I don't know. What do you think about all this? Good news, bad news? Are you excited? He's 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 no selling it. He's not smiling and doing a jig. So nothing ever happens when you want it to happen. So of course not. Kind of got to embrace the crazy. And if this is happening now and it seems good and like it's going to work out, just embrace it. Go with the flow. And can, can we say that's some of the smartest words ever spoken on this podcast? <laughs> Honestly, that's like the most gene. That's like the quote of 2022. But Nate, Nate is going to take that and when run with it. man proposed to me, we had talked about marriage, you know, and he had always told me he would propose to me once he was finished with his degree, you know, once he was finished with his school. So when he did propose to me before he'd earned that degree, I was like, whoa, 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 wait, what? Very confused. But, you know, obviously very happy. Definitely said. I was tired of putting my life on hold. <laughs> yeah. It's smart. So, and, when, and when you have someone as wonderful as Mrs. Manson, you got to scoop her up. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I'm just but saying. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what I thought at the time. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what, she didn't bring you anything good right now? <laughs> I got a couple brownies, so I guess I'm yeah. pretty pleased. All right. Well, I am I am delighted. I'll I'll say two things so you both can hear. Number one, I mean this sincerely. If you need to take a break from the podcast to <laughs> just just to try to get this figured out, I totally get it and I'm with you. Number two, you can't back out of whatever plans we have to get together this weekend. We do have some tentatively. We do? I guess so. 
maybe. Yeah, Wait, tentative. We have, we have plans. In 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 the we were going to do something. We have no idea what it is. Oh. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can't back out of we'll that. Figure that out. We'll All figure right. that out. That was okay. it. I gave I gave him an ovation. I was clapping. He did. Can I tell you the best part of that? Did you notice that because your background is blurred, her face kept going in and out oh, yeah. of focus the oh, entire yeah. time she was talking? That's just the way it works. Oh, I have a little bit of adrenaline right now. I'm excited for my friend. This is big. This is big. This is yeah. big. And 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 like I am said, sure. I'm kind of scared and like confused and. And I am like, sure that I will see you at some point in the near future once it starts, and you'll be like, "Why did I do this? I had such an easy job." <laughs> like. You're not wrong. Um, I like I. I think I am going to regret parts of this. Sure. Um, but you also regretted every minute you stayed in that job. Why can't I delete this? Sorry, somebody else was bothering me about something. And That's okay. Challenging work. This is, what you, this is what happens when you have what trip mods? You have three, three monitors, two. I only have one. But it's large enough that I can see two things side by side. So, all right. Well, I I did say we could take a break. On the, I didn't mean right now, but apparently, <laughs> live episode three thirty two. Doc does schoolwork. I got sorry because I, I I went into my email as I was to telling look at the, the story. Yeah, for work that because, makes sense. And then you, and I'm more seeing stuff. now from other people. Hey, I can't edit this thing that you said to put my information on. And it's because I had protected cells. So I just went yeah. and unprotected them. I'll I, I email mean, them back later. But. Meanwhile, I'm waiting to get some idea of what the first few days of training are going to be like this year. Usually we've, we know in like the first week of August, Why not? it's What's the 17th. No, it's, it's so the, the day that classes start the day that you're expected to teach this course that you've never taught before. Um, I'm supposed to report to work. The kids don't arrive for a few days. It's all training and meetings and all of that. And usually there's an agenda and there's a make sure to bring this and this is what you're doing at this point and make sure you have this ready. We have none of that. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going away next week. So you better tell me now what I need because I, I'm not going to be here next week to do it. So ah, you're getting, you're getting work. I'm, I'm, I'm actively looking for the work to come and then lamenting when it doesn't show up. That's, weird headspace i'm in right now yeah and like i'm i am excited for this course that i'm ostensibly being hired to teach i am while you're correct in saying i've never taught it before um it is a course that i was involved with when i was a graduate student i had taught the labs i helped them develop an honors lab i did the lecture ta i did all the exam reviews like five times a semester so like i this is actually a course I know pretty well. I have no doubt that you can teach anything. I agree with that statement. Anything now. in anything in the sciences, sure. They want to throw a math course at you. I'm sure you got it. Uh, literature and all of that, sure. Puppetry, why not? You know enough puppeteers. You could figure that part out. I have no doubt in your ability. It's just the fact that, you know. You're going to have to make more slides, Doc. You thought you you thought you were ready to just tinker with the slides. The slides are not done with you. <laughs> the slides are not done with me. Yeah, you're uh, right, DC. Well, I, I'm delighted because I hope I hope you enjoy this. I won't. Uh, I won't. This this fall is going to be a nightmare. Um, but come the spring, I will start to enjoy it. 
come next fall, I expect to be much happier. Okay. We'll see. I think, I don't know. Can I buy you like a sports coat with the patches on the elbows? Yes. Like, I won't wear like, it, but you can buy it. Would you like a you sweater might, vest j- j- of some kind? Just send it over to the other, uh, the old condo. And- <laughs> with the fall puzzle. <laughs> do you have to, um, do you think you'll have to change your dress code? Like, is there an yeah. expectation? That uh, to- I mean, given that mostly I wear shorts and t-shirts right now, because I've just completely given up. Uh, yes. Yes. I expect I'll probably start wearing a collared shirt again. <laughs> jeans and a like button up. Yeah. Are, probably are you going to be the cool professor? I'll probably wear jeans and a polo, to be honest. Are you going to have, you're going to have to have TAs because the number of people in this, is it, is it, there will be TAs on the lab side, but I'm not sure about the lecture side. Is it, we can just say you talked about literally it was 400 people. Is that at one time or is that like over the course? I of believe multiple- it's at one time. Yeah. I it's believe good the 400-person have... lecture hall. Hey. That's a lot of exams to grade. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put all those online. Multiple choice. Uh, well, is there anything you'd like to say about the world of wrestling before you completely have no room in the internal hard drive to process wrestling? What's wrestling? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um uh, Kevin Owens. Hey, I, there's not. I I will say there's not a ton um, that I think you would be interested in discussing. I think the things that are happening are kind of, you know, the 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 question mark regarding NXT UK, which I don't know if you've ever watched a single episode of NXT UK. So. I have not. Um, but yeah, you know, Hit Row came back. That was something. What? Kevin Owens is back to being the prize fighter. Who I'm excited back? about that. Hit row. I don't know who that is. Uh, when Isaiah Swerve Scott was in NXT, he had a stable called Hit Row, and it had uh, Top Dalla and Ashanti the Adonis and Bfab. Now they're back. <laughs> I could have made up all those names. I did, but I could have. Yeah, you could have. Uh, I've never heard of them. Yeah, so it's it's a little weird because there it's the group. It'd be like the four horsemen showing up and trying to work without Ric Flair. It's like um, you're missing a key component here. But I, you know, if they're a tag team in a in part of the women's division, because Bfab is a female, just in case you didn't know that, you know, that's not a bad thing. But um, is Dewdrop still around? She is. She teamed with Nikki Cross. Nikki, Nikki Cross is still around? Is she still doing the super? Whatever? Yeah, but now she's like a dark superhero. She has a black outfit instead of the blue outfit. But they were a part of the women's tag team tournament. They lost to, I want to say, Alexa Bliss and Asuka, who are a tag team. Wait, so Dewdrop is with Nikki Cross? Yes, they were a tag team. Does Dewdrop wear a mask? No. Damn it. Which is a missed opportunity. Yeah, because like, if you want to reboot Hurricane and Rosie for the that, modern yeah. era, I am all for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, we're getting ready for Clash at the Castle, which is exciting. That's happening. Oh, September 3rd. Okay, so not a couple weeks till Clash at the Castle. Um, yeah, I can't say there's a lot happening. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's going to be part of AEW Dynamite this evening. Oh, yeah. I'd read something. Timekeeper or something? Yeah, because they've 
they've they have some sort of crossover quote unquote with the game of thrones show so they're doing the american dragon versus the dragon slayer and daniel or brian danielson versus daniel garcia and i guess ricky steamboat will be the timekeeper which you know i love ricky steamboat but yeah. I, I don't quite know why teaming with the game of thrones prequel is exciting i don't think Unless Luchasaurus shows up on the first episode of the Game of Thrones prequel, I really don't didn't, understand. Didn't the entire world learn their lesson about the Game of Thrones? Why would no. anybody watch this thing? Because they will assume, either A, they'll assume that they've learned their lesson and will do something better, or B, they're looking for something else to the hate on Twitter. The entire Game of Thrones was good, 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 while they were adapting the books. The moment that the show got past the books is when it went shit and then they didn't know how to fucking end it and they just forgot things they established earlier because they weren't following any sort of established uh, uh, story at that point. They were just making it up. And now you're going to make a prequel based on nothing? Why would you trust these people? They've already shown you they have no idea how to make up their own story in this universe. Because you need content. We need content. We got to have content to be able to put on our streaming services except hbo max which discovery warner plus or whatever they're going to call it is that even not on is it on hbo or is it an amazon thing this house of the dragon well game of thrones was an hbo thing that's what i'm saying but i don't think this is it must be oh no it must be it is okay i was like i I don't know. I don't I I have seen I think maybe 5 to 10 minutes of a single Game of Thrones episode. And I've, I've seen watched, none of it. And so. I've watched a couple of clips on YouTube of the things that I thought were interesting, the faceless man and the hound or whatever. Uh and that's it. Otherwise this, this is something that has I learned my know, lesson a long time ago in in the land of in the land of literature. You you don't start a series that's not finished. You just don't even bother. Don't even start. I was always skeptical that that thing was going to deliver in the end. And I was right. Good old <laughs> Professor Dr. Manson. Hey, do you think we will ever get um, those books finished? Not that I've read them at all, but no, no, I don't think so. Again, like it's only downhill. Uh, you know, this was exciting. We're not going to peak. We're not going to get better than your wonderful, incredible news. So Professor Dr. Manson, which is what this show should be titled. Uh, would you like to go to the emails? Do you have anything else you would like to bring up for the good of the, of the order? I, I don't know. Um, I can let you make a couple of slides, you know, shut up, get you, get you out early. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything going on in. I mean, I know we talked a little bit about wrestling, but there's nothing that you wanted to like really highlight or uh, again, the NXT UK had did a little mini invasion on NXT at their their big event, Tyler Bate. Uh, so I'll tell you this story so you can talk about how dumb it is. Um, okay. Ilya, Ilya Dragunov was the champion. He was injured, so he had to relinquish the title. They set up a tournament. To I don't know who that is. Go on. Crown a new champion. Um, 
The tournament is currently ongoing. In fact, it just started because they pre-tape a lot of their episodes. So this past week, I did over the weekend, I did a bit of catch up on NXT UK. And they've just had their like first couple matches. So according to the canon of the television show we're seeing, we don't know who there's currently no champion. NXT proper last night, Braun Breaker defeats his opponent with the stupid finisher. And Tyler Bate comes out as the NXT UK champion because spoilers, he won the tournament that hasn't been televised yet and won't be for many weeks, but he came out with the belt to end the show. And we had a face-off of Tyler Bate and Braun Breaker, the champions. So we have just established, essentially, it doesn't matter at all whether or not you watch the Thursday show because we've just spoiled the last, the next month of programming. That was a choice, huh? Last week, there had been some rumors circulating that NXT UK was disappearing. Talent was going to be coming to Orlando. They weren't going to be doing any more tapings. I talked to my expert in the field, our bestest of the besties, Glenn. He said he didn't think that was true. And now he's changed his tune because, you know, the, the NXT tag team champions, Doc, the NXT UK tag team champions are members of the NXT roster. They're Americans who happened to go over there and win the titles and brought them back to Florida. So it's, you know, I think it's done. I think they're going to try to probably merge the two somehow and we'll get some big Clash of the Champions style show, which will be good. Don't get me wrong, but. You don't think Triple H will try to continue his global endeavors now that some of the folks that likely were. Because that seemed like. When he was in charge of NXT, it seemed like he was spearheading this global push. Yeah, there was going to be think maybe a, there'll be a renewal NXT of Jap- that at this point. Um, maybe at some point. I, you know, they had talked about doing NXT Japan and NXT South America and all of this type of stuff. And I think they may open some training centers there and maybe start grooming some new talents. But I, I think he's a little. Busy at the moment. And yeah, I no wonder, doubt. No doubt. Uh, you are usually the person who keeps tabs on like the financial calls and all of that. I know that that happened recently. Were you busy doing your thing? I so. did not look at that much at all. I saw a news report before that they were, you know, basically forecasting that they were expecting some downturn uh, due to the loss of Mr. McMahon, but I didn't actually look at any of the numbers. So. Yeah, I'm looking for an article. Not that I would, you know, a lot of this is over my head, but here we go. Wrestling headlines, the former Lords of Pain, full coverage of the earnings call with Stephanie McMahon. Da, 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 da. Um, you know, address the management changes. Vince McMahon was a true founder and entrepreneur, poured their heart and soul into building the company. Don't forget a true scumbag. Uh, let's see. They they talked a lot about their NFT offerings and how oh, they're really excited about great about their uh, 
Um, the Undertaker is did a one man show on SummerSlam weekend. He's going to do another one in the UK. So, if you ever want to go watch The Undertaker, you know, talk for an hour or something? I don't. Um, where are the numbers? I don't know. <laughs> they, they said the things were good. They oh, said yeah, the, that's good. So, I don't know. I'm sure they always have to say that, but. But yeah, no, otherwise I can't think of a whole lot going on. You know, Dexter Loomis keeps showing up being weird. Oh yeah. I saw like they tried to play it off like a fan jump the barricade, but yeah. it was probably that idiot. Yeah. When they're doing all of these things. So you two want to talk about Dewdrop and Nikki cross. Um, this will be now two raws ago. You know, the two of them are, the, there's a interview happening. And in the background is Dewdrop and Nikki cross standing by a car that has like crashed into um, you know, like a retaining wall or something like that. Nobody addresses it. So everybody thinks like legitimately, maybe they got into like a car accident or something and they're standing there in their ring gear talking about it. I think they're doing all of this. Like Dexter drove his car in and crashed it and ran in, you know, there there's people fighting by some sort of exit door and you see this arm come out and like hold the door open to get him inside the arena. And also what's this guy's name you know, again? Dexter Loomis. Loomis. Okay. So I was thinking Dexter Lewis. And that, okay. Close, but no cigar. I'm telling you, do you if, if do you, you look like at, if you Dexter Google Loomis? him, you, uh, he, you know, the, the gimmick worked a little bit in terms of what? the silent stoic. What was the gimmick again? He was like, a, you know, he was almost, I don't even want to say that. There was elements of Kane to it. There's elements, you know, he's a big guy. He doesn't talk. He's like, has just like, you know, wide eyes that are always like staring. He's sort of creepy, slight wrestle spooky, but nothing supernatural. Just like almost like, you know, horror movie villain type thing. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I wonder if you saw him like, cause you watched TNA much longer than I did. So I do wonder if at some point he came across your radar, but, uh, I don't remember him, but yeah. So no, you know, I, I'm excited for clash at the castle. I'm excited. Our UK friends get to go to a big event. Uh, I'm excited that wrestling seems to be trending upwards. Although I will freely admit, I didn't even try to watch raw t- this week was just like, eh. So, you know, this NXT thing makes me a little interested. Maybe I'll start checking that out on Tuesdays, but we shall see. Otherwise, yeah, you know, after a couple of weeks of very big wrestling news, Sasha Banks is back on social media, apparently. So everyone assumes she'll be coming back, you know, in the near future, which some people will be excited about. Probably at the end of this tag team tournament, they'll come back and be like, we, we, we're still here. So Sasha Banks. Yeah. I don't remember that person. It's okay. Yeah. So she's, you know, posting videos on social media of her, you know, running her hands over her body and glaring, like growling at you through like a chain link fence or something. It's weird. I couldn't tell if she was training for a comeback or advertising her only fans. I couldn't figure it out. So uh, I say we get to the email. We do have five of them. And, you know, our emails tend to be pretty lengthy. Podcast at DDTWrestling.com. The first one, you know, he teased his return last week saying happy birthday to Mrs. Manson. 
our buddy Simon, the land of buh. You look up high and you see the sky so big and blue. And you wonder why people don't worship beauty. You look down on the ground. You see the flowers there, red and blue and brown. And you wonder why people don't worship beauty. There was a beautiful land. There was a beautiful land. There was a beautiful land called Buh. And in this land, there was a king. And everybody called him the Buh King. And the Buck King did what he wanted to do. I said the Buck King went where he wanted to go. Whoa, mighty, mighty Buck King. All hail the Buck King. The mighty Buck King. All hail. All hail the Buck King. You walk out on the streets. You see the people and hear the rolling, rolling, rolling on their happy wheels. And you wonder why people don't worship beauty. See the animals and hawks. See the many heels and faces do their sacred dance in a wrestling ring around beauty. All hail beauty, mighty beauty. All hail, all hail beauty. There was a land called Buh, and in this land there was a king, and everyone called him the Buh King. And the Buh King thought what he wanted to think. I said the Buh King said what he wanted to say. Whoa, mighty, mighty Buh King. All hail the Buh King. Simon, you are a Buck King good writer. Let me say that right now. I'm assuming that was his original work. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a song. I didn't tell you. Uh, our next email comes from Jeffrey, who doesn't have Twitter. Uh, is this all the subject line? <laughs> oh, hey, guys, I have a bracket idea. I looked up the top 16 title reigns by wrestlers with combined days and listed them. I was wondering if you could do a bracket. How are things with you guys? Are you ready for school to start up again? Speaking of starting school, as a kid, what was your favorite back-to-school item you would get for the new school year? Mine was the Trapper Keeper. Just wanted to check in and say hello. Jeffrey from Massachusetts, who doesn't have Twitter. And then there's an intercontinental title bracket. Uh, good. I kind of talked about my news. It's a little crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be busy. I did two and a half hours worth of uh, curriculum work this morning, just taking massive books and trying to break them down into easily readable documents so that you're not carrying this big manual around when you're teaching. Uh, you know, you can't go wrong with a trapper keeper. True. I used to get also binders. Enjoyed, I'm trying to think what else. Like, I also enjoyed um, the, like the, you know, little pencil sharpener that you would just stick it in and do that. And I'd inevitably break it within like two hours of starting school. Cause I, did you color code like your binders? Like I don't know whether in high school or maybe in college, like and for me, uh, you knew me in college. So, you know, the answer to that part, yeah, that would like, require like, to me, like knowing. chemistry, the binder is blue. The blue is the color of chemistry. Green is the color of biology. Uh, red is probably the color of a uh, social science of some sort, history or, or otherwise. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Did you ever do anything like that? Uh, I remember once like do like my mom took me back to school shopping and she had suggested something like that. And so I bought folders and notebooks and those were color coordinated 
I don't think I had necessarily a rhyme or reason to it. It was just, you know, red. The red notebook was for, you know, language arts and the red folder was for language arts. Um, I don't recall sticking to that a lot. What, what color is math, DC? What color is math? I would agree. So as a, so what I do in my classroom, students have a red writing folder because I like the alliteration. Okay. Uh, science is green. Um, blue folders are just for general work. Like unfinished work goes in a blue folder to, you know, um, math. What? Yep. Purple math is purple. Cause reading for some reason was yellow and math was purple. Yeah. Okay. Physics to me is purple, but there's a lot of math in physics. So, all right. Yeah. We also have, you know, there's websites completely devoted to cool printable, you know, fancy covers. So I print out cool little math designs and they do that and then they can glue it to the top of their folder. So really, it doesn't really matter what it looks like. Okay. Um, now, I will mention, I think we can absolutely do this bracket. We have the time, but I will mention that I am pretty sure there is a episode or two or three of the joy of booking in which I do an intercontinental title bracket, but I digress. We'll see if we'll have doc do this one and we'll see if his bracket, I remember who won mine. Um, we'll see how it goes. So doc Manson, I'm assuming this means, you know, these are the 16 intercontinental champions with the longest combined reigns. So Pedro Morales, who is the number one seed or the rock, I'll go with The Rock. I don't know who Pedro Morales is. Sorry. That's fair. Even though he's the That's number fair. one seed. Uh, a rough matchup here in the 8-9. Randy Savage or Mr. Perfect? Because this is an intercontinental title bracket, I will go with Mr. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Tito Santana or Shinsuke Nakamura? Uh, Tito Santana, please. Wow. Okay. I like Tito. I like Tito as well. Uh, the Honky Tonk Man or Adolf Ziegler? That's not his name. That's what I'm reading the email. And I think he's doing it was sent from his iPhone. So it autocorrect to Adolf Ziegler. But I'm assuming he means Dolph Ziegler. Yeah, I like Dolph Ziegler. But I think for the history of it all, Honky Tonk's got to get the win here. Razor Ramon or Wade Barrett? Please, Razor Ramon. Don Morocco or Jeff Hardy? I guess I'll go with Jeff Hardy. I'm not overly familiar with Don Morocco. So. If you watched Fuji Vice, he was part of that great Fuji Vice shows that you see sometimes. The Ultimate Warrior or Shawn Michaels? Yeah, again, because this is an intercontinental bracket, I'm going to go with Ultimate Warrior because I feel like I remember him being the intercontinental champion early sure. on for a long he was time. The he was the IC champion of your childhood, yes, I would assume. exactly. The Miz or Shelton Benjamin? I'll go with Shelton Benjamin. The Miz seems Interesting, like more, more not- of a heavyweight winner to me. I, I know he's not really anymore, but... I always remember him headlining WrestleMania. I don't know. Interesting that not on this list is Chris Jericho. I think he's held it more times, but not for as long. Oh, okay. All right. Quarterfinals, The Rock or Mr. Perfect? 
I'll go with Mr. Perfect. I like The Rock a lot, but Mr. Perfect is kind of like one of the all-time like definitive intercontinental champions. Made all the more important because he never won the big one, you know? Tito Santana or the Honky Tonk Man? Hmm. I want to say Tito, but I'll give it to the Honky Tonk Man. Razor Ramon or Jeff Hardy? Ramon. Razor all the way. And the Ultimate Warrior or Shelton Benjamin? Yeah, Ultimate Warrior. Uh, semifinals, Mr. Perfect or the Honky Tonk Man? For me, it's Mr. Perfect. Razor Ramon or the Ultimate Warrior? Was the latter match for the Intercontinental Champion? That's a really good match. But the other, but the Ultimate Warrior is my entire childhood. But I was always a bigger fan of Hulk and Macho Man than I was the Warrior. I'll give it to Razor. I'll give it to Razor Ramon. We have the exact same final. Do we? <laughs> oh, yeah. This was absolutely what my final was when I did this tournament. Mr. Perfect or Razor Ramon? I mean, the greatest. I, yeah, I'll go with Mr. Perfect. He's, That's who won mine, too. He's so perfect. He is. Because, you know, my ch- I came into wrestling a little later than you. So Razor Ramon was the Intercontinental Champion of my childhood. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Mr. Perfect, that belt was just made for him. All right there, Jeffrey. There you go. His his finals and my finals were, were the exact same. I'm pretty sure. Somebody can go back and check that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. Nate, random-ish. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Random words, generator of the week, link, situation, and maze. And Doc, with how sensitive... And PC, the world is nowadays. Do you think we could ever see a Sleepaway Camp remake? Uh, DC, what is the first World Series you remember watching? How stressful is school restarting for you? Hope you both have a super night. Your bestie Nate sent from my heart. I see Link, Situation, and Maze. And the question I want to ask you, Doc, is what are your thoughts on the Zelda games? I enjoyed the very first Legend of Zelda on the 8-bit Nintendo Entertainment System. And that's it? Yeah. I, I, um, I didn't have a Super Nintendo. And Legend of Zelda 2 on the original Nintendo was a very different game. Um, so I never really played like Link to the Past or Link's Awakening or any of the modern Zeldas. I really haven't gotten into any of them. So yeah, I haven't really had a Nintendo system since I had the NES. I had a Wii. I did play twilight princess actually, but I fell off of it pretty hard. Like it was just so slow. Yeah. I, I did not like that game very much, but those are pretty much the only Zelda games I've really played. And I can't say I played a lot of twilight princess. So yeah. Yeah. How about you? Do you like do you like those games? Or? I don't know that I've played a single one. Uh, all right, all right. I like the original. Um, I like that I like original game quite a bit. I played it a lot yeah. as a kid. No, no. I've heard you know people rave about Ocarina of Time and Breath of the Wild and all of that, and I'm sure they're great. Don't get me wrong, but that's just not a series that I ever. I probably played some, one of the original Nintendo games when I was like at my aunt's house, but yeah, not never been my real thing. Yeah. As for uh, Remake of Sleepaway Camp, I mean, 
The thing is about Sleepaway Camp, I don't know if you're familiar with Sleepaway Camp, DC. Um, so it's this movie about uh, a camp, and it's kind of an interesting slasher film because mm-hmm. it actually has children, like young kids in it. And um, is that what separates it from? Because isn't aren't the Jason movies originally before they go into space and everything? Aren't they also set at a camp? They are, but most of the Jason movies um, don't have any kids in them. They're mostly like camp counselors there before the camp opens, or the kids just aren't part of the story. The only time you ever even see the kids really, I think, is in part six, and that's a really strong installment of that series, part six from Friday the Thirteenth. But uh, yeah, I don't know. This one actually actively has kids at the camp and uh spoilers for a very old movie at this point the big twist of sleepaway camp the reason why really the only reason why anybody talks about it anymore uh the main character in the film is this girl angela and you know she's picked on and people in the camp sort of keep dying and it's revealed at the end that of course she is the murderer um oh, wow but the, the 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 really um thing the real big part about it why that movie has gone in notoriety is the very last shot of the film. Um, she is standing naked on the beach. She has decapitated another young boy and she is completely naked. And we see that she is in fact male. Um, yeah. So it's like this. Um, she was basically her father died in a boating accident and she was both of her fathers died in a boating accident. She was adopted by her crazy aunt who forced her to live as a female despite having originally been male. And so there's this whole, in terms of modern day society, um, you know, this is sort of a trope that's frowned upon, you know, uh, a transsexual person who's the murderer because, of course, transsexual people are crazy, right? Sort of like a negative trope. And I don't know. Yeah, I, that would never play today. You you can't make that movie today. Um, and I think it's a great movie. It's a great twist. And it's a great imagery at the end. It's very shocking. Um, I will say it's it's very a cheesy film overall. It's not the greatest. But again, that ending is the reason why people remember that film. It's a pretty good film overall because of that. Um, but yeah, you, you couldn't make that movie today. You couldn't remake that movie today. And the other thing is because so much of that movie hinges on that twist, if you were to remake it, though, I don't think you would go that way. I, everybody would be expecting that because, of course, that's what that movie's known for. So I feel like if you were going to remake it, you can't have that be the twist. It just needs to be a normal slasher twist where somebody's the killer, yes, but you can't have it be the transsexual person. Not that you know she's transsexual throughout the film. None of that really gets filled in until the very end. Is, is, is the character played by a transsexual actor? In the original, it? it's, it's, it's played by a young girl. Um, and then the, the very last shot is a composite shot. It's not actually her body, but it's her head on this body. Um, huh. Yeah, so again, very shocking, very interesting. But yeah, like I don't think you could if you remade that movie with that ending, there'd be no point. You would have to do something different. Otherwise, it's not worth remaking. But if you that was all you were going to do, if you but if if you didn't do that, why are you remaking that film? Right. It's a catch 22. So I kind of feel yeah. like it's this time capsule. And yeah, I don't think you can remake it. Not necessarily because no. the world's PC. That's part of it. Yes. But more so, you can't you just also, remake the same you, movie. There's no point to that. Yeah. And if you, you don't redo it, there's no point, right? So, yeah, I, I don't think it blends itself to a remake, is more mm-hmm. my thoughts. 
I, I, you know, that's okay. I, original movies can just sort of um, stand on their own. I will say, though, um, there, this is actually a, a small series of films. Um, I think there's four or five of them now. The fourth and fifth ones were made much, much later. They don't really count. The first three, though, um, the, the second two were sort of, I think, filmed back to back. And the character of Angela in the second and third film is older. Um, she's played, I think, by Bruce Springsteen's daughter, uh, Pamela Springsteen. And okay. those films are actually very good. They don't really play on that same thing. They're kind of just fun slasher films. If you've never seen Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3, I'd recommend them. The, t- the second one, I think, is the best one out of all of them. But the third one's okay, too, if you like slasher films. I think there's some good history in that series. And I think 2 and 3 are fun 80s slashers. The first one's more serious, but I think the second two, they're two and three. I think those are a lot of fun, especially the second one. But. Uh, what is the first World Series I remember watching? Um, you know, I've talked about the 2001 World Series before, but actually, I recall watching the 95? I could look it up. The Atlanta Braves. I watched the Atlanta Braves because we had, you know, TBS and the Braves were on TBS because it was an Atlanta station. And um, I remember watching the Atlanta Braves and they, uh, let me look it up. 95 World Series. Yeah, they played the Cleveland Indians uh, and won. And, you know, I do recall watching some of that. Um I wasn't a huge baseball fan. I often put it on and would fall asleep. But, yeah, I recall watching some of that and thinking it was interesting. So I would say 95. And then how stressful is school restarting for me? Um, There's a lot of new stuff. And we have somebody who is one of our new administrators who I think is really going to expect us to do a lot of stuff. And they're going to make a lot of changes and there's going to be more documentation and paperwork and, you know, all with the, with the intention of helping students. And I'm sure some of it will, but I think that part is going to be less fun. Um, so there's a little bit more dread this year than usual. But, uh, you know, that having said that, I've been in my, I was in my classroom once for two hours on Monday. I've done a little bit of you know, work on my school computer here and there, but I haven't been that worried about it. Thank you for asking. Have a super night as well. Che sends in the bottom line. Hey, gents, heads up. This is a bit of an odd one, but after a couple of drinks uh, have been consumed and in deep thought, this is what you get. When it's all said and done and you depart this world, will you be content with your lot? Will you be happy with your impact in the world, what you accomplished, and anything you would have done differently? Apologies for the somber content this week. I hope you're both far from leaving this lifetime and bless our airwaves for many an episode. All the best, Che. You got dark on us, Che. A little dark. Um, Contemplative. All right. This is why I don't have more than just one drink, because I totally can get that way and uh, when all is said and done and I depart this, well, first of all, Shay, I uh, am insulted that you think that I'm going to, I'm going to be a cyborg. I'm going to live till, you know, 220, 225, you know, 
I, I got I got plenty. What are you eating now? Gummy bears. They were just delivered. You got brownies and gummy bears. Must be a it is a good day in the Manson house. And a chocolate covered almond that has coconut mixed into the chocolate. Wow. Just one. Three. Okay. <laughs> Can I tell you? You are showing external outward signs of happiness far more than when you told us all about the fact that you got like the job you wanted at the well, moment. I have gummy wanted. bears now. Of course I'm happier. We'll have to make sure in your office with this new job, if you get your own office and do office hours, you have gummy bears that you can offer the students. Would you like some candy, young, <laughs> young student? I was going to say, it makes everything better. But then you had to go and make it weird. Yep. All right. That's my job. All right. Uh, Will I be content with my lot? Yeah, sure. Are there, you know, would I have loved to, you know, make millions hosting this podcast and, you know, been able to travel the world with my friend Doc Manson interviewing all the great pro wrestlers and all of that? Sure. But Not to I lie. have. You wouldn't be any more content interviewing wrestlers. I think you would be less content, actually. That's probably true. It's actually probably very true. Uh, I have the love of a absolutely gorgeous woman. Uh, I have friends like the esteemed, wonderful Doc Manson. I have a group please, of please. besties. That, Professor Doc Manson. Professor Doctor. That is the title of this show. Uh, I, we have the besties that we have cultivated. So I have friends now in you know, multiple countries on multiple continents. Um, you know, I have a job that is fulfilling. And to move into the second, you know, uh, my wife pointed out at one point, when I was lamenting something, probably, probably about the fact that I, you know, my friend Doc Manson has these things he wants to do. My friend GQ has these bigger and better things he wants to do. I don't. <laughs> I, I like, I, you know, the educational profession, if you advance, you're going to be an administrator or a professor. I really have no interest in either. Um, you know, my wife has pointed out that, like, I've taught over well over 200 students at this point, and all of them have been affected in some way, hopefully positive, uh, by having spent some time in my classroom, and that will hopefully trickle out. So, you know, yeah, I think when, when, when I'm ready to turn off the lights, then, yeah, I think I'll, I'll feel like it was a good, good life lived. Your thoughts, Doc Manson? Or do you want me to stall while you finish chewing on your gummy bear chocolate covered? Not that it's a contest, but I teach like 1,500 students every year. Now? Or before? Before. Well, I'm again, I wasn't really a teacher, so. But the, the, my courses with the labs? that with the Yeah, labs. with the labs. That's how many people yeah, I was teaching. That's fine. Not physically. That's gross. Stop making it creepy. <laughs> I didn't make that that creepy. You have well, a look. I have, I have 1,500 students that I'm touching and offering gummy bears. I see nothing wrong with this, Professor Dr. Manson. Um, um, will I be content? I think so. Uh, I, I've always been kind of a contemplative person, even back in as early as high school. Um, I don't know it, if, you, if we've probably talked about this before, but my year by my senior yearbook, like, you know how you have your, everybody puts a quote in their yearbook. Yeah. Even at that time. My quote um, is from The Cotton Patch Gospel by Harry Chapin. Uh, it's a musical that this guy wrote. He was a, um, a singer, songwriter, folk singer, popular in the uh, 70s, died way too young. Um, anyways, the lyric that 
is from this co- from the Cotton Patch Gospel, and which also appears on his gravestone, uh, is oh, if a man tried to take his time on earth and prove before he died what one man's life could be worth, I wonder what would happen to this world. Um, and ever since high school, that just really resonated with me. And you know, look, it's a heady thing to, to think about, and you know. Yeah, maybe I'm not making huge imprints or making tons of money or whatever. By the end of the day, I think ultimately I'm leaving the world a slightly better place than it was when I found it. And if that's all I can do, then, hey, um, at least it was something. You know what I mean? Che asks if you could do, you know, go back and do things differently. And I'm sure I can think of a hundred little things that I'd like to do differently. One of them would be to pick a better senior quote. <laughs> what was yours? I like peanuts. I would be happier with that. Really? I would be happier with that because I went was like, oh, I'm going to be deep and pick a quote from a poet I've never read. Two roads diverged in a wood, and I picked the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a little cliche. There's nothing wrong with that. Do I look like the person that takes the road less traveled? Two roads diverged in a wood, and I take the one that's paved with an HOV lane, please. That's not true. You are not. Well, no. Think about it for a second. Like you, you on this show very frequently, like when you talk about your relationship with that beautiful woman who you love, like you always mm. talk about. You know, it's not about, and this is me paraphrasing. I don't think you've ever said this. It's not about society. It's not about what the expectations are. It's about your relationship and your deal. And, you know, like you talk about how, yeah, we've looked at houses and, you know, but it's not something that motivates us. Like it's something that we see for ourselves eventually. But like, again, my point is you have lived your life kind of taking the road less traveled. You haven't just done the thing that the world has told you is the thing that you should probably do. You have taken a step back and thought about things and you are blazing your own path, whether you think about that way or not. You found your own way to happiness. That, that might be one of the nicest things you've ever said to me. I like this professor, Dr. Manson side of you. Uh, uh, I, I agree. I, now it's not a bad quote. Yeah. But when you're, when you're 17, 18, living in podunk, rural Connecticut. Did you ever think that you would live it, though? And you did. No. No, I suppose I didn't. Ah, uh, so I, I'm Nostradamus. Nostradice. <laughs> uh, Glenn, the bestest of the besties. Do you know the way to San Jose? Hi, guys. Do you know the way to San Jose? Is this the way to Amarillo? Okay, I don't need the answer to those questions. Just your top 10 songs with towns or states in the title. Thanks as always, Glenn, sent from my bed. Uh, the only well, one was. I can think of off the top of my head is Albuquerque, and that is a great song. Uh, this reminds me of the improv game song titles, which I was terrible at because I don't have like a huge. Yeah. I'd be like, the roof is on fire. Uh, I've, what, I, I, I got nothing else. <laughs> um, let's see. Meet me in St. Louis, Louie. I don't know if that's the title of the song. Well, I'm just going to go with songs that have, you know, names of places. Uh, Cashmere by Led Zeppelin. Um, did you Google it? 
Oh, yeah. Kokomo by the Beach Boys. I still like Albuquerque. I I got, that's definitely on my list. Um, by Weird Al. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't think. Yeah, that is a good excellent. one, isn't it? Detroit Rock City. That's an okay Kiss song. I'm not a big Kiss fan, but that's an okay Kiss song. This is riveting content. I was going to say, now I'm looking, you know, and I'm trying to pick songs that I actually know. Cause like I could pick some of these, but like, I, you know, I, I'm always impressed with the, your choice in music. Like the fact that you enjoy Harry, like you enjoy music that is from, I'm assuming slightly before, if not significantly before your time. Like I liked, you know, my, I like stuff now, but best songs of places in the time. I see London. I see for no, that's not a song. Uh, shipping up to Boston. Oh, by um, the drop, drop kick Murphys. Murphys. Yep. I do like How about that New one. York, New York. Uh, let's see. Oh, have I forgotten the best one? Africa by Tony. Oh, that's a good one. I love that song. I don't know if L.A. Woman counts by the Doors, but um, that's a pretty good song. I like the Doors. Yeah. Uh, let's see. That, 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 that. Michael Jackson have a song called Stranger in Moscow. Never heard of it. Uh, Midnight Train to Georgia is a good song. Oh, I don't know that one. Uh, Rio by Duran Duran. That's not bad. I mean, technically, the street, uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air is technically. A oh yeah, I went definitely on there. Yeah, Midnight Train to Georgia, Gladys Knight. Midnight Train to Georgia, Georgia on my mind. Now that I'm sweet home, Alabama. <sighs> Where them Glad skies have inter- are so blue. Glad you've always got great questions when you're in bed. I'm telling you. All right, there. Professor Dr. Manson, touching your 1,500 children and gummy bears galore. What What do you got? Have we buried the lead? Yeah, probably. Like, is that your piece of positivity? I guess it has to be, right? It's like I fell ass backwards into something that I've been trying for for such a long time. And hopefully it doesn't come back to bite me in the ass. Hopefully it turns out to be a positive thing long term. But I think it's going to be. I think it's going to yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you can top that this week. We have, we have had many conversations on the air and sitting on campus about, you know, you you were trying to talk yourself in to wanting to stay at the job you currently have. And, you know, you found some, eventually you found some compelling points. But Did I? I, I don't I even don't, remember finding any of those. The job was somewhat easy and you could probably just continue to sit here and coast and make a decent amount of money. And it allowed you to do the stuff at the other university. But this is what you wanted. This is what you have wanted. And I am delighted for you. Uh, I will do two quick ones. Uh, The first, did you read Neil Gaiman's The Sandman when you were younger? I did not. I did not either, but I have watched the Netflix show. Um, It's a weird, have you seen it? No. It's the acting. Excellent. Um, the actor who plays the Corinthian, excellent. The actor who plays John, who is David Thewlis, who was Professor Lupin in the Harry Potter series, excellent. 
it's a 10-episode season in which the first season ends at the end of episode five. And then you're like, well, what the hell are they going to do for five more episodes? And then they decide to tell other stories. So that part was a little weird, and I got a little thrown off in the middle. But it was good. I enjoyed it. Cool. Uh, And the second thing is, uh, you know, uh, you fell ass backwards into this job. (laughs) We, you know, did not, we did not take a single vacation this summer. Usually we take two or three. We did not take a single one. We went up to visit family for a couple of days. Um, But yesterday, my wife was just happening to just look to see. She always checks to see if there are last minute deals. And found at a place we've stayed before on the Cape, had a much cheaper rate than we were expecting. And so now we leave on Monday and we'll get back on Thursday and we're going to get out of here for a couple of days right before uh, my school starts and my wife embarks on uh, some <clears throat> a new year for her. She's going to be doing some different things this year. Um, so that's nice. So I'm excited to, you know, get out of here and go to a the beach and sort of hang out. And nice way enjoy to enjoy some ice cream kick off and summer and welcome in. Yeah. Everything else. How much, how much money are you spending on water to keep your lawn somewhat healthy? You'd have to ask Mrs. Manson to be sure, but I think we probably normally spend somewhere around 60 to $80 a month in water. And when I'm going crazy trying to keep a lawn alive, it's probably closer to 150. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's just never going to rain again. I think that's what I'm trying to get at. It just doesn't seem like it's going to rain. All the more reason to get a uh, in-ground irrigation system, because then you can be a little more efficient with um, what zones you're running and you're making sure you're getting full coverage without overlap and loss and you should buy that for yourself as a congratulations for getting this new position yeah i think the first thing i'm going to buy is a fence but we'll see (laughs) okay he's got it's in the cards uh what a great day i can't wait to go uh tell my wife the wonderful news and then we should probably figure out yeah we are supposed to see each other this weekend i don't know what we're going to do but we'll figure that out that's the, the content, it's a company that matters. Yeah. And I will be in the esteemed company of Professor Dr. Manson. Professor Manson, anything else you would like to say before we head out into that good night? Well, if you'd like to have your thoughts right on the air, send us an email, podcast at ddtwrestling.com. You can listen to all of our back catalog of episodes by visiting wherever it is that you find, find audio entertainment goodness like this podcast. Just search for DDT Wrestling. And finally, if you like what you've heard, and how could you? Head on over to patreon.com forward slash DDT wrestling to give just a little bit of financial support to DC and doc. It helps us keep the lights on and it keeps this podcast train chugging along. He is professor. Dr. Manson Esquire. Not yet. Doc Manson. Not yet. Esquire. <laughs> not a lawyer. No, yet. We'll no, get not there. Yet. That'll be your next. Someday. That'll be your next exciting thing. Uh, I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Thank you for joining us on this, the 332nd episode of the craziness that we do. Until we meet again, my friends, won't you be our bestie? You come to my office after work, kids. I'll give you some gummy bears.